you're a believer that that's going to happen? I know it's hard to imagine that sometimes. That's going to happen. You're going to rise <laughs> right out of this place, man. Hallelujah. That is something to be excited about. How many are happy now that Thanksgiving's over? We can say it's Christmas. <laughs> are you excited about Christmas? I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited about Christmas. Now, other than the fact that Christmas, that we all know here together as believers, the reason for the season is Jesus is the reason for the season. And we know that. But there are many things we do to celebrate. And I believe if we do that, as under the Lord, celebrating the birth of our Savior, I think that's all appropriate. For instance, we decorate. Look at the beautiful decorations. Thank you for all that have been involved in this. Let's give them a round of applause. When you come by here, come by here in the evening one night and see the lights. We're going to, as we get closer to Christmas, there's going to be more of it. Just the lights that they've done out here. So many people have worked so hard. And just that's just marvelous. But decorating is one of the things we do. We, we sing Christmas carols. We go around and do that kind of thing. That's a celebration. We, uh, we, 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 we exchange gifts. You know, so there are a lot of things. We decorate a tree. We make special food and things and, and visit with our families. There's a lot of things at Christmas that we do that are exciting. But I must tell you, my favorite thing, other than celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ, my favorite thing are the toys. They are. They're the toys, man. I like playing with toys. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now I will tell you this. I don't like putting together toys. I've spent many a night, midnight, 1 a.m., putting together bicycles, toys, games. That, I'm not crazy about. But when I see the eyes of children, when they get that open, that present, and they see that toy, there's joy in that. And I really get excited about that. And I, I like toys, too. Here's what, well, what, actually, here's what it is. That slide came up. I went and I looked. I was like, "What's? I don't even know what toys are out there nowadays. So I said, what's the hottest toys, you know? And I've come to find out, interestingly enough, a lot of them are the same things that have been around for years and years. It's just a little modern take on it. For instance, Lego Boost. The difference is now, remember Legos? We've had Legos. have been around forever. They build, you build things. Now they've got it where you can have an app, if you can believe this, on your phone or on an iPad that helps you code and put together robots and stuff. But they're Legos. Lego Boost. Let's see what the next one is. Barbie. How long has Barbie been around? Goodness gracious. Barbie's been around forever. But one of the big popular toys this year is Barbie Dream Horse. Still is out there. Got another one. Hot Wheels. Now, this was one of my favorite things. Any kind of Hot Wheels. Any kind of thing with cars, racing, and all that. That was, that was one of my favorites. This is one that's called Hot Wheels Super Ultimate Garage. Now, it's not just the Ultimate Garage. You'd think that'd be good enough. This is the Super Ultimate Garage. You imagine like a little kid when he sees that thing set up? That's one of the things I was talking about making, by the way, having to put together. Uh, the putting together, not so much. The playing with, great. What we got next? Oh, here's one. Now, Teddy Ruxpin. I asked Christina yesterday. I said, have you ever heard of Teddy Ruxpin? For some reason, I missed that. She goes, oh, yeah, the stuffed bear. 
And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I think he talks, too. I said, well, he not only does that. Again, modern version of it. Look at it. 40 full-color LCD eye animations. And you do it from your phone. So you can, on your phone, change the eyes 40 different ways of that bear. Now, I'm just going to say this one word, and I'm going to leave it, and we're going to move on. Creepy. Let's go to the next one. Star Wars. Here's another take on it. See the little phone down there? This is a Star Wars droid, and somehow it's tied into a smartphone, and you got you know some control over it and all that. I think that might be it, right? So this is the next thing I want to show you. Believe it or not, there are a lot of great toys. Some of them are still some, some staples from in the past that have been modernized a little bit. And then there are toys that we know of from, from history that have been, you know, that, that were uh, at the time one of the, the hottest toys. And one of those things is this. Everybody ever, anybody ever seen one of these? Of course, yeah. Right. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you guys on the count of three to shout out or speak forcefully. And tell me what the name of this toy is, if you remember it. One, two, three. Viewmaster. Christina called it a viewfinder yesterday, which is, I mean, it is sort of that, but it says on here, viewmaster. Viewmaster. This is a classic toy. And in fact, I found out, going through this, that this toy is in the Toy Hall of Fame. Now, here's the first thing you need to understand. Yeah, guess what? There's a Toy Hall of Fame. Can you believe that? And look at this place. That's the actual picture of it. It's enormous. Toy Hall of Fame. It's only in America, right? And that's great. But I was thinking about this Viewmaster, and I was, I was thinking about how when you look at this, this is that old school. That, by the way, they have a new version of this to a modern version. This is a virtual reality Viewmaster. You put the thing on, and you turn around, and it goes, and it shows you all the way around 360. You know, how that works and all that, I don't know, but there is one. This is old school Viewmaster. But what it is, and what's neat about it is, I can look through this, and as I look at this, and anybody, by the way, in case you want to look at the Viewmaster, after church, I'll be glad to share my toy with you. Just in case, just saying, don't want you to feel like it's all for me, I'll be happy to share but as I look through here, I see, now this happens to be about dinosaurs. Each time I press down on this thing, you can hear that. I see a different dinosaur. And what's neat about it is, is what this is doing is, this is, all this is, is this is, and this is what they actually call it, this is a filter. This is a filter. And when you put this, now if I look in it, all I see is nothing, a big blank white, nothing. I can't even see the thing. It doesn't, it's, not, it doesn't, it's not like binoculars and you can't see anything. But when I put this filter in, I see the coolest pictures of dinosaurs. And I can change that filter and I can put in this filter. They have all kinds of different filters. And then you look at all these other neat little things that they have. They've got science and you know, world uh, monuments and Washington, D.C. They've got all kinds of filters. And the thing about this is, is that I, as I was looking at this and thinking about this, what I see through this depends on what filter I look at things through. 
Now, in the sense of a toy, that's one thing, but I believe that that's how we all view life. I believe each and every one of us view life through a filter. Now, that filter may be a filter of the past. You could be looking at things that, 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 are, that are things in the past. There could be a filter that you look through that may be a filter of the present, a present circumstances. What's going on? That's the filter I'm looking through. Sometimes it may be a combination of the two. But I will tell you this, the, the filter of the past and the filter of the present greatly impact the view of your future. Greatly impact the view of your future. Why is that important? I'll tell you why. Right here. How you view life drives how you do life. I'm going to say this a few times today. I want you to really get that. If you've got notes or you're thinking about anything or grab a pen in front of you, whatever it is, write it down. I, this is very this is serious. How you view life drives, determines, impacts, has a tremendous effect on how you do life. One more time. I want you to say it with me. Read it off the screen. How you view life drives how you do life. So the filters that we look through are very, very important as to how we actually conduct our life. Just like in this toy, some of it, for us, all of us are different. Some of it may be the past, maybe a relationship, maybe a situation that we face, maybe a circumstance. All that all makes perfect sense. That's how we view life. And I call that filter the look-at filter. The look-at filter. Look at our circumstances. Look at the past. Look at that relationship. Look at that friend that let me down. Look at my finances. Look at this health crisis that I'm facing. Look at the choices that I've made. Look at my career. Look at my opportunities. That's the look at filter. The list goes on. Going on, on and on and on about that. For many people, I believe, the look at filter is the primary filter of how they view life, which is why most of us that look at things that way, and all of us, I don't even think, I mean, I think there's different levels of that. I think you can do that and then maybe look at things differently, but maybe some look use the look-at filter more than others. But I'll tell you this, that what happens is when you're looking at things through that look-at filter, you then become consumed with the idea that you are going to control the circumstances of your life because you're looking at things through that filter that can be colored by the past it can be colored by things going on in the present and it dictates to you an element of like I can control the situation I can figure this out I can do what I need to do to, to get this thing on track when the look at filter becomes that primary filter often what happens is Control is a part of it. Fear can be a part of it. Anxiety can be a part of it. Discouragement can be a part of it. Greed can be a part of it. Insecurities. And many other things when you're looking at things because the look-at filter, the look-at filter has limitations. 
You with me? The lookout filter has limitations. This is limited to what it is that is chosen for me to look through in this filter. So now all of that I'm telling you may be true and maybe has some information I'm sharing with you, but now you're going to be saying, what does this have to do with Christmas? (laughs) I'm going to tell you, it has everything to do with Christmas. It has everything to do with Christmas. At Christmas, what we celebrate at Christmas, during the Christmas season and in the Christmas story, our Heavenly Father gave us a new filter. He gave us a new filter, a new way to view life. He gave us a new way to view Him. The Christmas story is Him giving us that new filter. It is a real gift. We're talking about gifts at Christmas, what Christmas is known for, mostly exchanging gifts or giving gifts or receiving gifts. The greatest gift of all is that new filter. And here's why. Because if we embrace that and we look at it, here's what happens. Go back, please. How we view life drives how we do life. It is so important that the filter that we look through is the filter that that our Heavenly Father gave us. And that's what a part of the Christmas story is. Today we're going to be looking at, in just a moment, not quite yet, but Luke chapter 2 and look at another group of people and how they viewed life and how they viewed God and how that changed when they came in contact with the God of the Christmas story. And when this happened, they saw God completely differently than maybe they had ever seen him before, if they had ever recognized him before. And what happened to them can happen to us. And what's interesting about this group of people is they weren't particularly religious. In fact, they weren't held in any real high esteem or in any esteem in terms of the society and in terms of where they fit in in the overall picture of, of, uh, of, of of society in that day. They weren't religious. They weren't in a temple. They weren't aware necessarily of anything to do with the Christmas story of of what was going on. They were sitting around doing their job. They were looking after sheep. They were shepherds. Shepherds were not considered to be a high job profile. (laughs) It was was as blue-collar as blue-collar gets. And in all likelihood, the, the Scripture says that they were watching their flock by night. So in all likelihood, I I always try to just visualize things like, think if I was there, what did that look like? And just coming back from the Middle East, the Middle East is a very, uh, mostly a a barren place. There's a lot of barren areas and desert areas there. And when it gets to be the evening time, of course in the daytime it can be very hot, and in the evening time it can be very cold, very chilly. So I think about they're over watching over their flock at night, so it's probably chilly. So more than likely these guys not only had on a maybe some type of clothing and what have you to keep them warm, but they probably built a fire. Wouldn't you do that if you were trying to keep warm and you're sitting around watching sheep that night, make sure they don't get away? So I'm thinking they've got a campfire and, and they're and they're looking at things in their lives. They're looking through that look at filter. They're saying, they're maybe talking about their family, talking about their life circumstances, talking about things that you would just sit around. If you were sitting around with your friends, 
like around a fire or something, some of your work, co-workers or what have you, and you're in a situation like that, you, that's what, what you'd be talking about. Oh, yeah, my kids did this, or oh, yeah, I heard this story the other day, or, or whatever it is, just talking about things in, in life. I think that's what they were doing, just normal, everyday circumstances. Then, instantly, everything changed. They were given a completely different way to look at life. And not only did that change them that night, it really eventually flows down, which is what I want to talk about with you today, flows down to us in our daily lives. Here's what happened Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. If not, we're going to put it on the screen for you. And here's what it says beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, in this instant, when that happened to these shepherds out in that field, sitting around probably a campfire, talking about things, looking at their life, looking for predators that may prey upon their, their flock, as they're looking at things like this, instantaneously, when this happened, they went from looking at to looking up. They went from looking at to looking up. Now, I'm not saying in our lives that we have to deny the reality of our circumstances. No, absolutely not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the reality of our circumstances do not have to define us. They do not have to define us. But when we look at, instead of looking up, that's what happens. So what I say is this. I believe what the Word of God says is this. Instead of looking at things, look up and let God define who we are. Let God define who we are. Let God define your circumstances. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to whom his favor rests. When you view life through this filter, something happens. Something happens is different. But you have to look up. You can't look at. You have to look up. And when you do that, all of a sudden, like the shepherds, think about this. Now, here they are, and it said that they were terrified. And, of course, the angel quickly, you know, uh, dispelled their fears. But you have to imagine when the angel of the Lord, and then, of course, a heavenly host, that sounds to me like a lot. (laughs) A heavenly host. It means there was one angel, then there was a bunch of them. Imagine that just for a minute. Think about that. Here you are. What would you do? What would your expression be? I can tell you what my expression would be. It would be (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Or awe, the root word of awesome. Oh, I would be in awe. I would be awestruck by what I'm seeing 
and what's happening. And you know what? Let me just ask you this. Could you use a little more awe in your life? I'll ask it again for this side. Could you use a little more awe in your life? Just a little bit more. I'm going to ask you another question. And this is not something you have to answer. It's not a question that everybody needs to know. This is a question that only your spouse, your best friend, they may not know the answer to this question. And it's not necessary that they do that can. But this question is important. And I want everybody to ask themselves this. What is bigger in your life right now, today, December 3rd, 2017, in Fleming Island, Florida, what is bigger in your life right now, God or your circumstances? God, is he bigger? I'm not saying what would be, no, no criticism here. I'm not saying what would be on a bumper sticker or what would be a platitude. Or what would be, oh, yeah, well, here's what the right answer is. I'm not, there's nobody listening. This is between you and God and, and, and your own thoughts. I'm asking you a question. I'm asking me a question. What's bigger in your life right now, God or your circumstances? Think about that for a minute. What is the answer to that? What's the truth to that? Only you know that, and that's okay. But let me tell you this. When you look up through the looking up filter, not looking at filter, consistently, consistently, day after day, God takes his rightful place in your life, and so do your circumstances. Do you notice how I did my hands there? God takes his rightful place in your life up here, and then your circumstances take their rightful place subordinate here. When you consistently look at things that way, you want to know why? Because, let's go back to it again, how you view life drives, determines, impacts how you actually do your life. So here's what the shepherds look like. I mean, they, they had to look like just, I, I'm trying to picture their faces, and so I, was, I, I got this, what I think is a good illustration, and I hope you do. Have you ever heard of a guy named Andre the Giant? Everybody, it's amazing how many people know this guy. Well, I'm going to put a little <laughs> every time I see that. Look at this guy. Is there any reason why, that, or does anybody doubt what the reason is that they call him Andre of the Giant? <laughs> This guy is enormous. Look at him sitting on an airplane. Can you imagine everywhere this man went? And, of course, he was a famous wrestler. You know, he was seven foot four, way over 300 pounds, whatever way. Just you know, There's this one picture I had. We didn't have time for it. I had this one picture where he had his hand on the top of a head of, a, of an adult. And his hand covered the guy's whole head, and his fingers were down, like, around his forehead. It was unbelievable. The guy is enormous. Everywhere he goes his entire life, what are people doing? Would you ever just like walk by and say, yep, okay, well there's just a guy, yeah, there's a huge guy right there, that's fine. Or would you like, every time you're walking by, you'd stop and be like, look at this guy. You had to imagine his whole life, when he went to a store, when he went to a restaurant, when he got out of his car, no matter what it was, people stopped and looked in awe. How big the guy is. 
me to look at that. If you walk on an airplane, you're boarding your flight, and, and, and I say hi to the flight, and how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much. And as I walk by, this, <laughs> I, just, I would stop and look. I wouldn't be able to not do it. There would be no way to avoid it. I wouldn't want to face him in a wrestling ring. How many people believe that wrestling is real? I believe it or not, a couple of people actually raised their hand. Well, God bless you. Whether it's real or it's not, doesn't matter. I wouldn't want to be in a ring with that guy. And then especially if I got in there, I sure wouldn't want to say, hey, guess what? I don't think wrestling's real. <laughs> He'd say, you don't think wrestling's real? I'm going to show you right now. Nah, I wouldn't want to be there. Everywhere he went, that had to be the case. So there was a... A, a moment, though, that was captured in a photograph, and there was a time when Andre the Giant was, was, he was, actually the story goes that he was running to an airplane, he was trying to get to an airplane, and there was another little boy in the airport, and he, he didn't, uh, uh, the little boy was with his family, you know, traveling somewhere, and he was in an airport, and he was, the boy was probably three, four years old, something like that, and he's rushing to get to a plane, and this boy, you know, sees him like what I'm talking about. You can't miss the guy. I mean, it's not something that you can't notice. And uh, he, he saw him, and when he saw him, he he was just, of course, as anybody would be, just captivated by the by the fact that here is this giant, literally a giant man, and a little boy has probably, certainly, almost never seen anything like. And as he ran up to him, can you imagine if you were running up and you were a little boy, what is the, what do you have to do when you approach this giant man? What am I doing? I'm looking up. i got to look up because he's so enormous. He is so awesome. He is so big. And this picture captures, and I want to show this picture right now of him taking up the airport. Now, this is the guy who's rushing to his airplane, but this little boy, I guess, you know, this is a moment in time where a photographer captured this moment, but I'm sure that little boy wasn't standing there. He probably ran over there and looked, and look at his face. Oh, he was in awe. He was awestruck as he looked up. See, what I'm encouraging you to do, I'm not at all trying to draw any parallel. This is just a, an illustration of, of, of awe. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you during this Christmas season, instead of looking around and looking at, look up. Look up to the glory of God. Look up to His majesty, His power, His amazing, amazing love for us. Look up. Look up and see and, and, and be in awe. I ask you if you needed a little more awe in your life and almost everybody in here was nodding their head or saying yes. Well, let me tell you how to do it. Look up. Look up and see him for who he is and what he wants to do in your life. You'll be in awe because he's awesome. He's an awesome God. I'm encouraging you to do that. See the glory of God. Like what they said in the, the angel said to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth to those on 
whom his favor rests. Some of you this year have, have done this. You've, you've looked up, right? I know many of you have. This may be a baby 2017 was a look up year for you. I can tell you that there have been people that I know that are here and some maybe that aren't here, but there are people who have come to know the Lord this year. That's looking up. Who maybe got baptized at some point this year. That's looking up. Who maybe uh, decided that they were going to put their full faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Rededicating themselves to to him. Maybe that's what you did. That's looking up. So a lot of you did that. But I'm going to also say this. I bet there was a lot of you this year that were scared to look up for whatever reason. Maybe you were afraid to look up. Maybe because you think God's mad at you, disappointed in you, angry with you, exasperated with you, tired of you. You're a bother. You're, you're just, you don't get it. Maybe that's why. Let me tell you, if that's the case, any of those or even something similar to that, I want to tell you, that's a lie of the enemy. And during this Christmas season, you need to look at that Christmas story again because that's looking at. Don't do that. Look up. Don't be afraid. Shepherds were afraid when they first saw the angel. But very quickly, it was like, don't be afraid because I bring you what? Good news. That is not just for you guys in this field. It's for all the people, he said. For all the people. And who is that good news? It was the fact that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was coming into the world. That was the good news. So don't be looking at things like, I'm not going to look up because God's not interested in me. He's disappointed in me. Let me tell you something. God has gone to great lengths in his word to prove to you that he is for you. He's not against you. He's for you today. There is nothing in your life, no circumstance, no thing you're facing, no matter what it is that he's not interested in, that he's not concerned about, that he doesn't want the best outcome for you and your family. Not one. It doesn't matter how minor it is. How can he be concerned about me with all of these other things going on in the world? He is. He created you. He knows your name. He's for you. And just like when you see this photo I was showing you earlier about this boy looking up. When we, if you see him as he's looking up, look at this. He's looking up and he's in awe of this giant man. And then look at the next picture of of him. How is he looking down? Look at the softness in his face. All these people who've always come up to him and seen him over and over and over and over again, you would think he'd just be annoyed and he's got a plane to catch. But no, he stopped and he saw this little boy 
looking up at him. And his face, he just had that little smile. It looks like a smile of just, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm using this as an illustration, about how God looks upon us. And he stops what he's doing. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on, but he's God. He's big enough to handle it all. And when he stops, he's looking, as we look up to him in awe, he's looking upon us with grace and understanding. He understands what we're going through. He gets it. You know why? Because Jesus went through it too. He understands all this. And he looks upon us with that softness and grace and that little smile, that little favorable smile like you see there. See, this picture to me illustrates, certainly not saying that he's God or, you know, anybody to get confused, that's not it. It illustrates to me how God sees me and how I should, if I put him in his rightful place, see him. Go back to the little boy, close up. That's how I need to see God, right? Whoa! You're awesome. And then go back to that other one. God's looking down upon me. He's looking upon me saying, yeah, I love you. Yeah, I've got this. There's nothing that you have that is going on. Let me tell you why, because I created you. I created you for a purpose. You have a destiny in me, and no matter what those circumstances are, you are my son. No matter what those circumstances are, you are my daughter. That's who you are. And when we begin, if we can, now God already understands this. That's how he sees us. When we begin to understand how he sees us, then we can see things in a different light. That's what this series of messages is about. See Christmas in a different light. When we see him, we should see ourselves how he sees us. When we do that, This will be the best Christmas ever. How many want this to be the best Christmas ever? For you, for your family, for everything that's going on. When we see God the way he sees us, and we look up instead of looking at, put him in his rightful place and our circumstances come into their rightful place, with God looking upon us with, as the scripture says here, with peace and favor, if you'll just simply look up to him, then guess what? In that instance, in that moment, if we do that, we are going to be, and go back to the other one again, how we view life will become, it will drive, it will determine how we are going to do life, how we're going to walk it out every day, how we're going to live our life every day in that instant that we look at him and as he looks upon us, with that favor. So, you know what the thing about this is? It's, it, the, I, my hope is, my prayer is, and I pray for this, that this church, this fellowship, both who are here today and those that will join us in the future, and I believe there's going to be increase of people that we have a responsibility to, to bring along and disciple and teach them, as Jesus said, teach them what I have taught you. When we look up, that's half the battle. Look up to the solution, not look at the problem. Look up to the solution because he is looking upon you with grace 
and with understanding and peace and favor be upon you because He loves you. That's the Christmas story. That's the Christmas story. I'm going to give you a couple of things you can do in 2018 and for the balance of 2017 to look up. Be in church. church. There's no judgment here. There's no criticism here. Not one thing. I love every one of you. and God knows my heart as I stand here before Him today. I love you. I love you. I mean that. I say this because I love you. Be in church. I know there's circumstances and things that happen. But, but look up. One of the things you can look I'm going to look up. I'm going to be here. Take advantage of studying and getting involved in some kind of a study group. We talked about one today, the Circle Maker, starting in January. Details to follow. Get involved in that. Get involved in that. Try what it can do and see if God changes things in how you view life. And if you change the way you view life, what's going to happen? It's going to change the way you do life church. Get involved in a study group. Take advantage of it. Put your full faith in Jesus. Now, let me tell you something else you could do. Just as a suggestion. Today's sort of overcast and foggy. I don't know what this evening's going to look like, but you can go check it out. If not, go back tomorrow. Last night it was cool. There was a full moon. Anybody see that? I think it's full. Sometimes they're just slightly not full, and I say, hey, that's a full moon. And they go, well, really, it's not. It, it looked like one. I think it was. I didn't look it up to see. But it was beautiful. Looked up, and as I was looking up, I thought about, look at what God's created. I encourage you to do that. Just, I mean, maybe it sounds corny to some people. Well, so be it. Get outside, and if it's not, if it's not clear enough, go back out and just want to go out there just for one minute of your day of 24 hours. Take one minute and walk out there and just look up and think this. Pray this. created this universe that's so vast that no scientist, no astronomer with the highest technology available to us today, even by their own admission, can measure the vastness of what you created. I look at an awesome God, and I know because your word says that you are looking upon me with peace, and that favor can rest upon me. And I'm going to just absorb that and take in that for a moment. Just look up and look at who he is and know that he is looking upon you with love and compassion and desire for you to have everything that he wants for you to have in your life. I encourage you to do that. It's one of the many reasons I love being a part of this church because I see times where these things happen, and I see people's faith grow. Has anybody in this fellowship this last year or last few months, whatever you want to say, has your faith grown this year? Because of things that God's brought you through or taught you or shown you, has your faith grown? Mine has. My fa- and you know what encourages me is when I see these things, and then I could list a bunch of them. We've talked about putting something out to display all these things because we can use sight of it. How many things God is doing in the lives of people? I, I, when I think about that, my faith grows. 
It's not just because your faith's growing, because you're going through it. My faith grows. And if my faith grows, that means you see somebody else doing it. Your faith grows. That's what's marvelous about this church. It encourages us for our faith to grow. So, in closing, I just want to say this. I, I want to just tell a quick story. And, and this story is about something. I shared it yesterday. At, and I'm going to make it just a, a shorter version of it at the LTI, at our leadership training. And this was an opportunity that I had. There was a, a, a person that worked for us in our preschool. She, um, uh, she is from Puerto Rico. Her uh, sister was involved in the storm and got sidetracked, and, and, and they couldn't find her. And she was extremely distraught about this. As you can imagine, many people in this church here experienced the very same thing family members being gone and not knowing where they are and this kind of thing. And we were praying for that. We had a special day here to pray for the families in Puerto Rico, in fact. I didn't know at the time that this person was one of them. Well, this then it came to my attention, and she came to me and she said, Mr. Billy, I can't find my sister and I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And, and I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm worried. I don't know what to do. I said, what can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do to help you? She, this was right at the moment where you couldn't fly down there and, and, you, and you couldn't get a flight up here. This was like right in the aftermath. And she said, well, I just, I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm worried. And I said, well, here's what I can do. I can pray for you. Would you let me pray for you? She said, yes, yes, please. And I mean, she was, she was very broken. And I, she says, yes, please do. And I prayed for her. It's not because I prayed for her, but because God answers prayer. Not who prays, it's that we pray. And when we pray, God's heart is moved and things happen. And it wasn't the next day, it was the day after she called me and said, Mr. Billy, Mr. Billy, they've got my sister. I'm like, praise God. That's all you need to say. I said, God answers prayer. Yes, yes, he does, Mr. Billy. Yes, he does. I said, well, I said, well, thank God. And then she says, and, and she's coming to Jacksonville. She's got a flight and she's coming to Jacksonville. Now, again, remember at this time, that was like, you know, you couldn't get a flight. No matter how much money you had, you couldn't get. She was getting on a flight. She's going to be here tomorrow night. And all I could say was, praise God. Let me tell you about what happened to Lisa Santiago. Instead of looking at her circumstances, she decided that she was going to come to someone and she was going to look up. She was going to look up. And instead of looking at all that looked hopeless and scary and that she was worried about, she looked up and God showed up. And he brought her her sister. So I'm telling you, if you would, if you want to make this the best Christmas ever, if you want to see Christmas in a different light, look up. Look up for your healing today. Look up for chains that are binding you to be falling away, to be broken today. Look up for strongholds to be brought down in your life. Look up for deliverance. Look up for restoration Look up for your family to come back together. Look up for clarity of what God is doing and where he wants you to be in your life. Look up. Don't look at. Because when we look up, we start viewing life differently. And when we view it differently, we do it differently. 
And then what happens is he starts working and working and working and working, and things start coming together, and God starts blessing us, and peace and favor follows us. That's what happens. That's what happens when we look up. So if we could play here, if we could have some music, I just want to have a time now where I'm going to ask you this, if you would. I know this is something that I just, I felt so passionate about this today. If you need something in your life, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what God's already brought you through. I can tell you people right now, I told you about a story of a person I know. 2017, there's been people in here who have looked up, and God has shown up. Amen? Helen, did you look up? You looked up. You could have looked at the circumstances, and although they may have been challenging, what you did, you looked up. You looked up. That's what you did, David, Sharon. You could have looked at, right? Sometimes it's tempting to do that. But what did you do, though? What did you choose to do? You looked up. Naria, you did that, too. You're doing that, sweetheart, right now. You're looking up. That's where the answers are. We don't look out. We look up. Sandy, you're looking up. You're looking up. Tommy, you're looking up. Do you see what's happening? This is just a few things, folks. When we look up, God shows up. And when we start viewing life through the filter of looking up instead of looking at, we view life differently. And when we view life differently, all of a sudden what happens is the help and the peace and the favor of God and with the Holy Spirit working in power, what happens is we start doing life differently. And as we start doing that differently, things start coming into place. We said this yesterday too. Lean not into your own understanding. That's looking at your own understanding. What we want to do is we want to in all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. That's looking up. Lean not into your own understanding. Looking at your circumstances, getting overwhelmed by it. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will do what? He will show up. He will direct your paths. And as we look up, things start coming together. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He will, not maybe, he will direct your paths. So anybody here need to look up today for something that you're facing in your life? If you would stand with me now. I'm going to just, just stand to your feet right now. If anybody's got anything, I want you to get out from where you sit. I'm not going to do anything fancy about it. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar right now. If it's for your family, if it's for your children, if it's for your grandchildren, I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is, how big or how small. Get out right now and come to this altar. And look up. Look up today. Don't give up. Look up. Donald, don't give up. You look up. Christian, what a name. You look up today. We look up today, oh God. We look up to you and we look just as that boy was looking at that man. We look up to you in 